Four-Legged Beasties. I'm your host, Susan Arndt, and with me, as ever, Brian Cassenti. Hello. How are you, Susan? I am hanging in. I am doing my best. How about you? Yes, uh, I too. Thank God I watch a lot of spooky movies so that at night when I can't sleep, I can just sit in my bed at night with the lights off and the shutters closed, wondering if the noises I'm hearing are something evil creeping my way, but... So, okay. So (laughs) I'm actually glad you said this. Back in January, I moved from the suburbs of Durham, North Carolina, to a small town out in the sticks. And I, I now live in the woods. I live on several acres of woodland. I did not know, as a person who has always lived in the suburbs, the sound trees make when they rub together. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's so disturbing. <laughs> yeah, especially, and yeah, depending on how close they are to your house. Yeah, we, we don't have a lot of, we're not on a ton of land, but we have woods that are uh, like, I don't know, 50 feet off of our backyard. Uh-huh. Uh, and and our back window where our bedroom is, you can like easily hear it. And it is like, it's creepy. And at night, you know, if the moon's out and you look out there, you're like, oh, that's creepy. It's super <laughs> creepy. And then I, because I am stupid, the, uh, so the the we we always let the dogs out at night before we go to bed, and we had floodlights installed on the back of our house because again I live in the woods and it gets dark and we have uh, dogs that are smaller and capable of being transported by large birds, which are also <laughs> in the area. So, right. uh, but but for kicks and giggles, I decided, hey, I tell my husband, go turn off the floodlights. I'm going to walk back into the yard just to see how dark it gets back there. Very. The answer is very. The answer, <laughs> oh, this was such, such a bad idea because you know, once you get into my yard a little bit, you can't see the house anymore. So there's nothing. And I'm just standing there <laughs> in the dark, 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 dark woods with all these noises and there's yeah rustling sounds it doesn't prove anything (laughs) it's it's this was this was this was a bad idea anyway that's not why we're here this week to talk about my my foolish forays into the woods uh we have a classic on this week's episode and uh what we do here at long-legged beasties is we put horror movies in their proper place before we get into this week's movie brian please tell the lovely folks at home what we mean by that what we mean is we like to subcategorize horror movies. So there are so many different types of horror movies out there these days that we think it's super helpful if maybe those movies are subcategorized and then sub-subcategorized. So we we watch a movie and then we discuss what it is about that movie that is scary either to us or maybe to the people in the film. Uh, And we try to break it down into one of seven categories, and that is creature, gore, killer, paranormal, psychological, science, or nature. And um, after we do that, we then uh, try to find some sort of sub-subcategory that would better identify it even more. And so, for instance, uh, gore and splatter uh, or body horror uh, is a good example of a category and subcategory. Um, and so that's what we do. Yeah. And, uh, there is a, there is a legit spreadsheet that we put all of this into because that's how this all got started was, was with Brian's 
spreadsheet of over a thousand horror films. And yes. uh, you can find that spreadsheet on patreon.com slash longleggedbeasties if you're curious or would like to start your own categories. This week, we're doing Ring, the original Japanese film uh, that The Ring was based on many years later. Now, I had not seen this. I had not never seen the original because I saw the American version when it came out. And it's it's one of the only horror movies I've ever seen to give me nightmares. Which one? This one? The, or the, the American version. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so I just, I never, I never got around to watching this version. And I'm really glad I had the opportunity because I, I'm very intrigued by the ways it's different. Yeah. It is. This is, uh, this is a, um, it's a very, I think it's a very cool movie. It is not a sort of slasher in your face scary. It's more of a creeping dread scary. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think for people who maybe have a low tolerance for jump scares and for like something in your face all the time, uh, this is a great movie. And, and again, it's just a fun, it's a fun movie. They did a good job with it. It's also not a bloody movie. It, so if, right. if gore is is something you're you're not really great with, uh, it's definitely more suspenseful than, than in your face, Gary, like you said. In case you're not familiar with the story, uh, all the Ring movies follow basically the same uh, urban legend concept. So there's a, there's a tale the kids tell each other about a cursed videotape. And if you watch the videotape, you'll get a phone call and in, in seven days later, you'll die. And so the movie starts, two teenage girls are hanging out and one tells the other the story. And then she she says uh, that she actually, she was with different a different group of friends and they, they actually watched the video. And, uh, and then they got a phone call and it's, it's also like, Oh, ha ha ha. It's all just a story. It's a blah, 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 blah. Except then she dies. So we gain access to this via her aunt, who also happens to be a journalist, uh, who is investigating this urban legend and she's going around. It's actually very, very similar to the beginning of Candyman in that respect, where yeah. she's getting young people to tell her the story the way they heard it. And so she can, you know, keep track of the consistencies and inconsistencies. And so she's already looking into this story about this, this video that kills people. And she has a little son and uh, she's looking into it and eventually manages to trace the, she, she finds out about another uh, teenage couple who were in their car, parked, died, just, just dead. And nobody's really sure what happened to them. She eventually finds out that, that this group of, of four teenagers went and stayed at a cabin overnight. They went to a, like a little vacation area and uh, stayed in the cabin. She finds the tape. She watches the tape. She gets a phone call. She then brings the tape home, shows it to her ex-husband. He watches it. Oh, wait, she brings it home, makes a copy for the ex-husband, who then watches it. And, uh, and he's fine. And so the, the rest of the movie is them trying to figure out, that, and the stuff on the tape is all this weird 
imagery and it mentions eruption and it, it has a, a, a girl's name in it, Sada. And it's, you know, a woman looking into a mirror, combing her hair. It's all these, these weird, strange images. Yeah, it's like an art school film. It's very, it it's like. very, yeah, <laughs> it's very art school. And uh, so the rest of the movie is them trying to figure out, well, someone had to make the thing in the first place. So they, they track it back to its source. And this is where the Japanese version is different from the American version. They trace it back to a woman who was apparently psychic, who predicted a volcano eruption, who, you know, they this doctor came and did tests on her to test her psychic abilities, and she nailed it every single time. He had a daughter with her. Uh... She, the woman killed herself? I can't remember. I don't quite remember how she died. Yes, she threw herself into the volcano. She threw herself into the volcano and the daughter disappeared. Right. Well, turns out they discover he shoved her down a well. Right. And and there is a moment that we will later see uh, reenacted, or I guess not reenacted, but kind of psychically remembered where... Um, the daughter is angry at people mocking her mom yeah. and basically thought kills the guy. Yeah. He just keels over with this look of horror on his face, which is very similar to the look we are seeing on everybody else's dead face. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And this is, and this is the other thing that where it differs from the American version, the ex-husband is also psychic. So yes. what happens is he will, he will touch someone's hand and get a memory. Or he'll touch, he finds the well where the girl drowned. He touches it and and holds his wife's hand so she can share the memory with him. They see what happened, the that whole bit. That is, and it, th- this is just accepted, by the way. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I'm also psychic. So I also know, <laughs> like, Phew. That's a, a theme I definitely want to talk about, the how, how normalized all of this seems to be yeah. in the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, they figure out what, what the, the, the curse is coming from the daughter who, uh, the guy pushed her down the well, but didn't kill her. She took seven days to die. This is why the delay between seeing the thing and you dying. And, uh, this is her, the rage of her vengeful spirit is what is killing everybody who sees the video. And the only way to save yourself, they discover at the end is to make a copy of the video and show it to somebody else. Because that keeps the story going. And that's a trope that comes up in a bunch of other uh, horror movies. Um, yeah. Most recently in Truth or Dare, which is right. not a terrible yeah. movie, by the way. But uh, anyway, so that's that's the general shtick of it. Yes. Yeah, and it, it, it's interesting. Um, I, I like that a big part of the movie is sort of going on this uh, investigative journey Mm -hmm. and sort of trying to get to the bottom of what's causing it, which is like something a lot of horror movies just never explain. You know, they don't tell you where Jason came from initially at least, or, you know, why the guy with the hook is killing people or whatever. And so this one, like that's the movie, like the movie starts off with the death, which is pretty scary. Mm -hmm. uh, And, and essentially ends with the death, 
But the whole, you know, 80% of this movie is like trying to figure out what, what the heck's going on here, which I love. Yeah, it's, it's very, and it's, it makes sense in, in a way that you don't often see in horror movies. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, yeah, I get it that the video is cursed. Somebody had to record all this footage. This has right. to have come from somewhere. It just simply didn't manifest into being. So let's, you know, back it up, back it up, back it up and, and see if we can figure out at least some kind of starting point. I don't recall how they actually put together that the woman in the video combing her hair and and so forth is this psychic who predicted this volcano erupting. Yeah. And so I think this is one of the issues that this movie does struggle with. It is a very convoluted uh, movie. There is a lot of, uh, like I said, a lot of investigating. And so there's a lot of like, um, they're looking at the tape and at one point, I think this is the way it happens and it is super convoluted. They, when they're playing it really slowly, they hear this really strange rhyme. Yes. Um, yeah. And so they then start investigating the rhyme. The husband does. And the husband then says, I found out the rhyme comes from this region in Japan where there's a volcano. Ah. And then, yeah. And then she starts, okay. So she's a journalist. Uh, and she starts looking through backlogs of newspapers, um, manually, by the way, yeah. is, is, is able to find, which is a kind of not going to ever happen, but is in this movie, is able to find a single printed article that references the volcano. And in finding that reference, discovers, I think, passes it on to a bureau guy uh, down in that area who then says, oh, yeah, there's a psychic who... Uh, predicted that the volcano was going to erupt and later killed herself. And the more they dug into it, they realized that she's the one in the video combing her hair. Uh, So then they go to visit the house of her parents. And so it's, it sort of all comes about, but it is, um, it's a little, it's a little convoluted how they do it. I mean, again, I like the premise. I like the idea of uh, a journalist kind of getting sucked into this because they start looking into it. Um, I also love that the, if you want to call it a twist, the twist at the end about why the reporter doesn't die, but her ex-husband does is actually revealed in the first few minutes of the movie. Uh, We just all forgot. (laughs) It's just funny. I think. Wait. So, yeah. So uh, if you go back and watch the beginning, Uh uh, the kids, when they're talking about, the I believe they say it at the beginning when they talk about the curse. One of the things they say is if you, uh, if you pass it on to someone else, then you won't die. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, now I may be mistaken. It may be that she realizes that later by listening to a different part. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was actually part of the beginning. Um, but yeah, it, it is interesting. Uh, I think that they uh, have this so neatly wrapped together, and and like. You know, it's scary, but there are long sections of the movie that aren't, you know, they're, it's more compelled by, you're more compelled to watch it by trying to get to the bottom of what all this symbology is and and where it's leading you. But it's also worth saying that the video itself, the cursed video, super creepy. Yes. Yes. It's Um, very, very unsettling. And what's funny is if they're probably, whether you've seen this movie or not, if you are into horror movies, you know the trope it created, which is uh, the Japanese girl with her hair hanging down, covering her face, 
uh, either walking backwards or walking towards you or coming out of a television, kind of walking weird. That's a that's something that has has established itself as something creepy in the world of horror films and was created by this. Um, but you only see it like I think once, right? I mean, you see glimpses of her, but you only see the creepy movement once. She's okay. So, okay, so she isn't in the video until. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Until, uh, at the, okay. So it's the very, very end of the movie. So, okay. So they, they, they go to, they figure out that every, like the epicenter of all of this is this cabin where these, these kids watch the video and they figure out that the well that the doctor shoved, uh, Sadako into is under the cabin. Okay. Sure. What? Whatever. Fine. <laughs> Someone decided to build a cabin on top of it. Was like, eh, yeah, whatever. Just leave the well don't, there. Don't worry about it. It's, you know, there's a <laughs> they cap. They did at least cap the well. So, yes. uh, so they go there and they and they they go go in the well. They start draining the well. They're like lowering buckets to take all the water out out of the well so that they can get to her corpse and give it a decent is, burial. Is, I, I have to ask you. If it was the same with you, when we were watching this, like my wife is like, what are they doing? There is no way they're going to get all the water out of there in like three hours. Yeah. Like what, what are they even thinking? <laughs> I, I, it, I, I, it was buckets. It was, it was buckets. I felt like there had to be a better way to achieve the same goal. Right. That's why it's, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. Like you're watching them do this and, and like, they're literally doing it for hours and you could see the water's going down, but it's basically gone from like a little below shoulder level to a little above waist level. Yeah. It's like, uh, this is not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if, if that's all the, like, then you could have just reached down and grabbed anyway. Yes. Regardless. Okay. It builds up tension. It does. I guess. I, I, I guess. Uh, so, so they, they do that and they think it's over. They think, okay, we have put her her soul to rest, right, and and the woman, the journalist has survived, right, which is further evidence. They think that that like it's done, right, right. So it's past the deadline. She lives, hooray, great. Ex husband goes back to his house, going about his business. His TV turns on, and this is this is where you see the girl with the hair because the video that's showing is just the well. And she pulls herself up out of it. And this is where she comes out of the TV. But yeah. interestingly, she's not walking funny. She's she's just crawling. Yeah, I mean, uh, there there's a little bit, uh, I think, before she gets out of the TV. Because, you know, she, she makes her way there. Yeah, yeah. Where there is a little bit of that. But it is very... It's very, it's another one of those movies. If you've seen, so I've seen all of the ring movies, uh-huh. uh, both the, uh, the U S versions and the Japanese. And it's very easy, kind of like nightmare on Elm street where yep. you start to remember the whole of those movies mm-hmm. and, and like, she's all over the place, but in this movie, she's not, no. she, she is, she's glimpsed in the mo- in the video. The first time I see it, there's this one scene where over in a darkened corner, she's just standing. Oh, okay. Okay. But it's not doing anything creepy. It's just yeah. a girl that that is in the shadows. Yeah, and like that's it. Like if you've seen the American version, when she when she comes out of the TV, it's like full on creepy, weird, jittery yeah. crab walk. But here, 
what it what is supposed to horrify you as as ex-husband is lowering into the well as he's going down he's seeing fingernails that are stuck in the rock of the wall so he figures out that she was alive in in the bottom of the well and so when she comes out of the tv you see that her hands her fingers have no nails on them anymore and that's really what's supposed to be the focal point of why this is so so terrible and horrifying as opposed to in the american version where it's just you know she's full-on creepy hair girl yeah yeah and this one i think he catches, it seems like what they're showing is him catching one glimpse of one of her eyes. Yep. And he he basically dies of fright instantly. Yep. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's, yeah, there's no like prolonged running away or screaming. He's just dead. Yep. And I um, I, I also appreciate the, the, everybody who dies of fright, their, their faces are contorted in a way that you can contort your face. It's not makeup. It's not prosthetics. Yeah. It is. It just looks like a person in this extremely unnatural state of being. I, I as as is often the case, uh, when something is Americanized, it's it's taken to extra, it's supersized for one of a better expression. <laughs> right. I, and I like how restrained this is to telling this story because you don't need. All the the bells and the whistles. I mean, they're cool, but you really don't need them to tell this story. And and I I love how stripped down it is. I I have to say I do too. I think it's a great movie. I do I did enjoy the Ring the the remake of Ring, uh, which is so Ring came out in ninety eight. The Ring came out in two thousand and two. Mm-hmm. I thought the two thousand and two version was better, um, but. You know, I don't say that in any way to take away from the original. The original was sort of uh, obviously they just jazzed it up a little bit for 2002, but also it created so many things that went on to become horror tropes that it's like impossible to overlook. It's uh, an important movie. I I also prefer the the ring, which is the American version, because it does away with the psychic stuff. Yeah, because that's just. For me, it's just one layer too many. Like I, 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 you know, the, the child or, you know, the, the girl being killed, being shoved in a well by an awful person and her rage creating this uh, force of energy that becomes a curse. I'm down with that. 100%. I will even... I, I I will go to, you know, her mom was psychic, so it kind of makes sense for her also to have something going on. I'll even right. give you that. But then for him to also just be casually yeah. psychic, it's, <laughs> it's just, it's a little much. Well, and, again, this gets to the, the broader point of, uh, I mean, I... Maybe that maybe it's a cultural thing. I don't think it is. I think if anything, it's sort of boiling down a cultural point to make it almost uh, not insensitive, but I don't know. Just the idea that everybody in Japan is like, oh yeah, we believe in ghosts yeah, and psychics, yeah, and yeah. and like that just happens. And like that's essentially that's the way everybody treats it. Like the end scene, uh, or not the end scene, but uh, well, the last couple of scenes. When they're after they d- uh, recover the body, the bones, mm-hmm. uh, there are police there 
you know, dealing with that, which would happen, but there's just something about it where it's like, I don't know, in my mind, because of the way everybody was responding, reacting to the fact that these things happened, it was like they called the psychic police. I know they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) They're the normal police. But it is like, and like when she, when her ex-husband dies and uh, she's no, she's notified by the worst cop on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> she shows oh, up yeah. at, the, at, the, at the building and she's like, I'm so-and-so's ex-wife. And he says, oh, we already moved the body. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. man, yeah. dude. Yeah. Like a little, <laughs> like, little sensitivity. Go to, sens- go to sensitivity training. What's going on here? <laughs> but like, again, it's not like, oh, and he had this rigor mortis of fear on his face because a television a uh, ghost came to life and killed him. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's dead. Yeah, there's <laughs> no, like, it's, you know, it's so strange. What could have happened? It's like, oh, yeah, ghost killed him. Clearly, obviously. Yeah. The the police, yeah. you know, the police don't ask what these two are doing digging around underneath a vacation cabin and finding they... and, and, and draining a well to find a corpse. It's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, um, it's funny. It's just, and it is from the very beginning to the very end, you know, uh, there are several call outs about this. Um, I, I was reading up on, on some of the things that sort of, uh, themes that people identified and one that I hadn't thought of, but one writer did was the, the notion that this is a movie that addresses, uh, on some level, a generational fear in Japan of technology. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, and and what and I think that is I think that is because obviously the ghost the curse is represented by a, a VHS tape. Mm-hmm. Never mind <laughs> that it should have been maybe a DVD, but <laughs> at the time, yeah. 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 But anyway, so um, but what's interesting is maybe if that's the case, that explains why, for instance, uh, Rico, who's the journalist, her father. There's this conversation where um, a little bit of setup here, but basically he she takes her son to her father's house to keep him to keep him safe and goes to bed and wakes up and discovers that her son has watched this tape, which means, of course, now he's going to die. Right. Um, And when he when she asks why he had brought the tape, he says that his cousin, which is the girl that started this whole thing, Mm -hmm. her death, had told her to. And so she mentions it to her dad and her dad basically says, oh, to, to paraphrase, you know, she's a ghost and it's not really her anymore. Right. But right. There's no discussion about like, um, you know, ghost. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> like know? it's like, yeah, like, no, he just made that up and and right. ghosts aren't real. And I you no, know, it's just like, ah, pfft, don't worry about it. He's talking to spirits. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And so maybe that was done to sort of underscore the sort of generational thing like one generation believes in more in folk tales mm-hmm. and in ghosts and spirits and the other generation believes more in technology and technology is going, hmm. going to be the ruiner of everything um but yeah i yeah it's i just found that very interesting um the thing that sort of throws a cog in that is the uh, the fact that it's not just the older people in this movie who are that way seemingly everybody is down with believing in ghosts and curses and all that stuff. Yeah, they're just completely chill about it. And it's very, it, it it's good because it means they don't waste time with the, oh, you're crazy, ghosts don't exist. Why, yes, they do. This happened and blah. It, so they don't spend time with that whole 
diversion that almost inevitably happens in movies that deal with any kind of spirits or ghosts or anything like that. Um, right. And I, you know, I didn't miss that, but it does, yeah. it, it does make things feel a little odd, a little easy, just a little too like, Oh, well, clearly this is, this is what's going on. Um, so we're going to break for a commercial, a word from our sponsors uh, right now. And then when we come back, I want to ask you about the ex-husband. Yes. Hey, Susan. Hey, Brian. You know what time of the year it is. It's the best time of year, Brian. That's right. It's Halloween season. And on Shudder, that means two months. We're already like a, more than a month into their Halloween season. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Shudder, Shudder is essentially like the Netflix of horror. It allows you to watch all these horror movies. You can watch them on basically any device you own, TV, phone, console, all that stuff. And uh, there's this massive array of different horror movies to watch. And whatever kind of mood you're in, if you want to see a slasher, if you want to see something psychological, if you want to see a monster movie, it's they break it down into different categories, makes it really easy to find what you want to watch, what you're in the mood for that night. What I like to do is watch a little creep show. That's the new anthology series that's based off the old 1982 horror comedy classic and I think inspired by some of those old uh, 50s comic books. And if you go to Shudder.com, that's S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com and put in code BEASTIES, B-E-A-S-T-I-E-S, you can get it free for 30 days. That's You can't beat that. Can't and, beat that. Uh, that's a whole month of scary movies. And, and this is the month to do it if you're going to do it in any month. Your Halloween sorted. Excellent. So here's, okay. So the the re- reporter is, is doing all this investigating and she's very uh, driven and intelligent and proactive. And she's hunting all this stuff down while, you know, the, the ex-husband is doing his part of the investigation. She's doing her part of the investigation. And then as they learn more, she becomes more and more hysterical. And then there's this scene where she and the ex-husband are are, are eating dinner and she's just completely losing it. She's just like huddled in a corner crying. He's like, well, maybe we shouldn't have had our our kid anyway. Yes. Which just seemed to come out of nowhere. And I, I, was that just to establish that he is the dad. I think. I, I think it's. It, first off, I agree with you. It is such a weird scene um, because it. It is like. I don't know. I guess it's the first time we have to see them alone, where they're not faced with some sort of goal. So they're. Oh. You know. They're. They're. They're in this room. But yeah, I, I think the reason they do this is to establish reaffirm underscore one of those things the fact that he has psychic abilities oh uh, oh because yeah he says this thing about you know that he's different because she says you're gonna survive right or, or he says like you think i'm gonna survive because i'm different and i guess that means a psychic they don't really do a good job of exploring uh like his psychic abilities or why that would make him different how he got them how he uses them he just starts using them at some point and it's and it's Almost like he made it up because at some point he's like, well, I'm psychic too. I know. And it's like, okay, <laughs> cool, dude. Cool story. <laughs> I know. He's talking to the the dad 
of right. of the woman who who ended up throwing herself into the volcano, and uh, you know that this guy is is lamenting that his his daughter was taken away by the scientist who did experiments on her and whatnot, and then ex husband is like, well. I am also psychic. <laughs> it's just so weird. It is. It is weird. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of um there's a lot of bits that feel a little disjointed. Um like uh they're I guess when they're having this discussion, oh yeah, we know that when they're having this discussion later on, they're actually in the inn that is owned by yes. The, the father and initially you would think the mother, but it turns out, I guess it's not the mother. Cause she says that this photo of the father and the daughter w- was there before her. Right. And then you're right. like, well, then who are you lady? And they never explain it. <laughs> and you're like, okay, is that the new wife? Is that like someone who works there? Don't worry about it. It's just, she's just, you know, she's there. She's the lady. It's fine. Yeah. Don't the lady. She's the lady. She's the helpful lady. Yeah. And then they have this weird cut to, the father sitting on a beach looking out into the water. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, they explain it, but again, it's just this weird thing. Like how did the, how did the ex-husband and the journalist know to go there to find him? Like, that's weird. Uh, Because a ghost told them to. Because ghosts. Yeah. I mean, to be clear, this is a very good movie. It, it does. it, It creates an atmosphere. It tells its story. Uh, the story of this tape and it, it really is because it's it's not about what the tape does to people it's not about the fact that the, watching this thing kills you that's kind of secondary that's that's really that's that's the reason why this couple are invest trying to get to the bottom of what happened that started this entire chain of events but it's not really about that so yeah. and it and it tells the story of tracking it down and figuring it out and this this woman who was psychic and the guy who was maybe taking advantage of her and the daughter and all of that it tells that very very well and I felt like when and I and I felt this way in the American version too to be fair when you piece it together that the the ring is the the circle of daylight at the top of the well that she's looking out for a week while it takes her that long to die right like that's really cool yeah it's it is there there's like a there's a lot going for this movie uh there are a lot of things i i love the idea of the child of of someone with psychic abilities having this essentially world ending power, the ability to just think people to death Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, they don't really spell it out, but you get a sense that the um, in no way defending what the doctor did, but the doctor did this because he's, he's scared of her. Right. Like she gets angry and just kills somebody with, with, you know, with just a thought. Yeah. And so she, he thinks like, this is a problem. I've got to get rid of her. Because if I don't, she's going to grow up and be even more powerful. And this notion of that, of like uh, a young girl with a lot of power who hasn't even come into her own yet is something that's been explored in a lot of movies. So I like that that's the the sort of evil force in this movie. Um, 
and and I think as the as the movies progress, as you go through the series, that's explored uh, much more. Mm, interesting. <clears throat> and I also I also like. I mean, mom's not around anymore. You know, clearly this girl is is very attached to her mom. You know, the the, the first time we see her kill somebody with a thought, it's be, it's someone who is haranguing her mother calling her mother a fraud and it's just trickery and and all that uh so it's without that positive influence in her life yeah she's got i think there was a better way to do it than conking her on the head and shoving her in a well (laughs) right but i do see where he was coming from yeah. And, and like there are uh, the moments of horror in this are uh, really well crafted, like that going down the well moment that you were talking about yeah. where he sees the fingernails. And that's fantastic because it's like, oh, my God, she was alive. Yeah. She was alive in this well for God knows how long and was so frantic to get out. She literally clawed her fingernails off yeah. trying to get out. Yeah. And like that's that's horrific. Yeah. And that's uh, powerful. Yeah, and it and it's and again it's very it's very understated. It's not this sort of wailing and gnashing of teeth. It's just as he's going down, he just realizes it and says it to himself. That's it. And it's yeah. it, the the movie does a really great job of just putting something in front of you and letting you understand what is horrific about it as opposed to explicitly saying, "And this is terrible because and yes. I need you to be scared of this because" I, I, this is why I like the intro, the beginning of the movie so well, uh, so much. It, it's If you've uh, seen a lot of horror movies, it's in some ways almost reminiscent of the beginning of Scream uh, in my mind. And, and stick with me on this because obviously they're very different movies. But the beginning of Ske- uh, 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 Scream, you have this conversation that goes from being kind of fun to a little scary to fun to really scary. Like that's sort of there's this playfulness going on. And then you get this increasing sense of dread, realizing, oh, my gosh, something horrible is going to happen here. And that's what happens in this one. So it starts out as two teenage girls giggling and laughing. And one of them starts to tell the other this scary story about how she's going to die in a week. And the other one is terrified. And then she's like, I'm just kidding. And they giggle and laugh. And then something happens that scares her. And she says, "Okay, I wasn't kidding. Right. And it's like, it's so great. I love that. And then they, they have these moments where they go downstairs and there's a couple of fake scares and, uh, then it ends and it actually doesn't show you anything. Right. I mean, you know, you, you know, they died, you know, the, the witness to the death goes insane yes. and is in an, in, in an asylum somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I just love the opening because it does this thing and it, it does it well before I think actually what year was screen was screen 98 well. I can't remember. Oh, I don't know. Let's, let's look this up really fast. Go to the Wayback machine screen 1996. Oh, okay. So I lied <laughs> that predated that predated this. Uh, this is uh 98, but you know, around the same time it's, and it's something that I don't think a lot of horror movies, uh, do, uh, this sort of, uh, I don't know. It's like dropping you right into the thick of it. And in the sense of uh, in in the case of Scream, it's an overt conversation about horror movies. And in this one, it's an overt conversation about folklore. Yeah. And and I just I really like that. There's just something cool about that. I well, think. it's establishing what, what happens in the beginning of a horror movie is it establishes the rules. 
right? right? So when you're when you're watching this, because there's a sort of unspoken set of rules that every movie has about the kinds of things that are about to happen and are not about to happen. And what Scream does, and and this does too, is it messes them all up. It starts laying out the, the rules for you with, oh, ho, ho, no, I was just kidding. And then the phone rings. <gasps> oh, but it's her mom. <laughs> See, this is fine. Yeah. And, you know, you you think that this is you learning this. You think this is the info dump rule. Like, we are going to tell you a bunch of stuff you will need to know for the rest of the film. Oh yes, we're going to do that, but then we're also going to kill this nice nice young teenage girl that you thought was right. was going to be fine and was just here for uh yeah. exposition. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh it, it's just it's really well done. And and they have um a lot of fun little moments. The the uh I think one of the most um powerful affecting moments in the movie outside of of the the girl crawling through the tv screen is what happens to people in the photographs that are taken of <gasps> that them. part is it, so it, cool it's so creepy so basically after you've been cursed and you have seven days to live if someone happens to take a photo of you your face is completely distorted yeah and it's just like it's you know really in, in the world of like special effects for horror movies it's nothing but it just it's scary. You want you see it, and it's like that, that's scary as hell. That scares it me. It really is because you can still tell their faces, but they're except there's all of the features have been moved and swirled in a way that you can tell what it's supposed to look like, but it looks absolutely nothing like that. But everything else is fine. Yeah, it's it's, it's really dramatic effect with, with just a little bit of Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. It's so great. Um, and I think one of the moments that is sort of, I, I think this movie would have been helped with a little more of that throughout the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, like I said, I still like it a lot. Um, I, I, to me, the thing that I like most about it is this notion of, reevaluating how curses work. Mm-hmm. Curses don't have to be spoken. They don't have to be a person. It doesn't have to be a place. It can be an object. And that object can be something as modern as a VHS tape. Mm-hmm. I think it's so cool. Mm-hmm. It's such a neat idea. I I enjoy that as well. I also, I think it's because for me, it's, it's, she's so angry justifiably see this is the thing like lots of times when you get a curse the the person the the curse is is first of all it's often religious in nature which is just so easy it's just boring to me but then it's then oftentimes the curse is this really really evil person who as the as the good people have locked them away or killed them or destroyed them or whatever they're uttering a curse and and then that's how they continue to get at people like a, like a Necronomicon kind of situation. Whereas this, yeah. Okay. Girlfriend definitely has some issues that she needs to work on, but her rage is, is just right. It's fair. she, She deserves to be angry. And I, I love that. Cause you, you, 
you can't like you can't you you can't get mad at her for that. You can get mad that she's like killing random people, but I see where she's coming from, and it's this. It makes her a very empathetic while also horrible antagonist. Yeah, and it's interesting. Like, it's clear that at some point before their death, everybody knows the rules of that tape. Yeah. What isn't entirely clear is did they know before, like we know the journalist, the ex-husband both knew the rules before they watched the tape. They knew what they were getting into. Mm-hmm. Did that that like gathering of kids at the cabin, did they know? I mean, it sounds like they knew the folklore. So it's another one of those ideas of like uh, saying Bloody Mary mm-hmm. in the, or, or Candyman in the mirror. Like you're tempting fate. You know what's going to happen to you if you do this, but you don't believe it and you can't help but like, you know, try to see what happens. It's whistling in the dark. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's very uh, uh, I think interesting, and that in some way, I think gets around the fact that she's picking uh, victims randomly because not really. It's like, look, I warned you, don't press this button. If you press this button, I'm going to come kill you. And then people are like, I wonder if I press this button, if you'll really come kill me. <laughs> I that's the the one bit that kind like is. Is she killing people just flat out because she's pissed? Which, I mean, fair. Or is it because the whole the whole point of the only way to survive is to make a copy and pass it on. Right. Because she wants everyone to know about this this injustice. So is ki- so I guess killing you is punishment for not helping spread the word of the injustice. Yeah, and that could be. Now, I'm going to quote a movie that I just saw. And unfortunately, I watch so many movies, I cannot tell you which movie it oh, is. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it was something like, everybody has two deaths. Oh, I know what it is. I think this is from The Boys, the TV show. <laughs> everybody has two oh, deaths. Oh, it is. It is from The Boys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. One is when you die and one is the last time someone says your yeah. name. And so this kind of plays into that idea that she doesn't want to be forgotten. Right. And so you either help her be remembered or you die. The the only thing here though is seemingly it's like like half the message fell off, like it was on two pieces of paper and one of the pieces of paper fell cuz like initially it seems like nobody knew that second rule. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. So all these people are dying just cuz they didn't realize that hey, there's an easy out if you just make a copy and give it to a friend. Yeah. I yeah. I don't it I guess it's the way of legends, you know. Right. And 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 it may be that that wasn't the part of it originally, right? Like maybe originally the way it originally manifested was you know, to heck with you, I'm just angry. But then someone made a copy of it and and made somebody else watch it and so she decided to spare them. Cuz oh, okay, you're you're Spreading my gospel, so to speak. Right. You know, maybe right, that, right. maybe it happened backwards as opposed to. Right. Well, and it's it's got kind of that it follows feel to it as well, where it's like, uh, as long as you pass it on to someone else, you'll be fine. Yeah. But like, what are the repercussions of doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. One of the things I found both uh, intriguing and kind of accidentally hilarious mm-hmm. was the fact that at the end of the movie, the ex-journalist is calling her dad up and saying, hey, dad, <laughs> I've got a videotape. Now, granted, it sounds like she's warning him, 
but it's still like I'm going to go ahead and curse you to death so yeah. that you can, you know, so that you can then pass it on to someone else. Because if we don't do this, your grandson's going to die. <laughs> so you need I, to I watch this that. and then pass it down to the, what, like the neighbor down the lane. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very uh, unlike any other. You know, it's not self. It's not uh, trying to save yourself. She's trying to save her son. Yeah. But it is like it's kind of weird to be like I'm going to curse my dad knowingly. Yeah, that is a little. Um, it's a little. It, mm. Yeah, maybe don't do that. <laughs> so, so this movie, as uh, you know, we, we've been talking about it. Um, obviously, hugely popular. Uh, it it had a huge impact on the popularity of Japanese horror in uh, in general, but also kind of gave birth to a wave of remakes. So yes. uh, the the Ring was remade. Uh, Grudge uh, was remade, which is another movie that. Uh, you could easily confuse not the plot, but the antagonist uh, with the ring and the grudge. Yep. yep. Um, Dark water, pulse, one missed call, the eye, shutter, mirrors, the echo, the uninvited. So it basically, uh, all these Japanese horror movies and and Asian horror movies, some of those are from Korea, some are from Hong Kong or Taiwan. Um, it basically kickstarted this movement, uh, which I think, frankly, uh, the horror movie uh, sort of, fans are better for because oh, you got yeah. to see all these amazing movies. And then over time, of course, they've started to influence Western movies yeah. and back and forth. And that's where it gets really interesting, I think. Yeah. One of the reasons why I, I enjoy doing this podcast and and enjoy the opportunity to watch movies from different cultures is because while the same basic things scare everybody, the way you react to them, approach them, the way you tell stories, uh, all of that differs from culture to culture, director to director, and and so forth. So having, basically, and this just this is true of any creative work, the more voices you hear, the more interesting stories you hear. That's just it. If you only ever listen to the same kind of story being told over and over and over again, it's just going to be one flavor. So to have all of these different influences into a, a, a big sort of cultural melting pot, like there are people who won't even realize that some of, some of the elements of uh, a, a movie they watch tomorrow came from this Japanese movie from 1998 or 1999, because now it's just so integrated in the fabric of how you tell scary stories. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I I have to say um, I gen genuinely enjoyed watching all of the Ring movies. Uh, they're all interesting in their own ways. It is a little confusing to keep on top of. There were two Japanese sequels made for uh, the Ring or for Ring. Uh, one was released actually the same day as um, the original Ring, and it was uh, its translation is Spiral. Not to be confused oh, no, with not another, another Spiral. <laughs> Another spiral. Um, and then uh, the Ring 2. Um, I'm sorry. Then they made Ring 2. And then in the US, they made The Ring, The Ring 2, and Rings, which was uh, oh, basically The yeah. Ring 3. I forgot about Rings, I think, is actually quite a good movie. Really? I really enjoyed okay. it. Yeah. I mean, I, I keep in mind, um, your taste may not be my taste. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'll be nice to myself. Oh, no. Oh, is this another, I liked is this it. another killer couch situation? No, it is not. Okay. It is not. Uh, but it may be that you're like, uh, 
I just, I really enjoy, there's some series like, uh, say, uh, I don't know, uh, Tremors, where I've watched every one of them and I'm like, oh boy, why did I watch all these movies? I should have known with the first one, like one is enough. <laughs> okay. First of all, the original Tremors is a classic. Yes. Yes, it is. But I cannot judge because I have seen every single Hellraiser movie yeah. and I should have Good stopped example. doing that a long time ago. Yeah, they just go off the rails after a while. They really do. Although I did really Um, like the one in space. I thought that was clever. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Jason movies. It's like, how can you stop watching the Friday the 13th movies? Even when they have one in space, which is amazing. That's the best one. It's so good. (laughs) It's so good. With the holograms and yes. Oh, it's ridiculous. I love it so much. Anyway. Um, Now, this is cool. Uh, I was looking at sort of where these are headed. I always like to see if there's some sort of next movie coming. And apparently uh, the director of The Grudge, Mm -hmm. which I think is the translated version of The Grudge, uh, has been talking back last year, was talking about uh, perhaps wanting to make a crossover film between The Grudge and The Ring, which I think would be really interesting if they did that mm. <laughs> you're like maybe not no i don't think so i love when they do crap mashups it's like it's like freddy versus jason yeah, ex- okay except in freddy versus jason one of the characters talks true so that helps and that was also a little bit yeah really played for not comedic effect, yeah. but it was it was very self aware. It was like fan service. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and uh, the Grudge is like I said, they're both basically scary little girls with some sort of power. There's also a scary little boy in the Grudge. Oh, and a scared. I'm sorry, and a scary little boy. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So it's it's like I'm not sure. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that would work. Maybe. Uh, but I, I, I just, I love, I love the idea of mashups. My hope is with the mashup that it's better than the sum of its parts. And I think it's usually just parts. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what this happens. Is the, like, mashups happens. need to make sense. Like Freddy versus Jason. I, oh, come I on. Get, I, I see. Well, okay. No, you're right. No, that was, it's just a shameless. It's true. It was a shameless, like, yeah. They're just like everybody and, and their mother wanted to see that happen. Yeah. And they're like, fine. It's like it's like Spider-Man. Okay. I'm sorry, Superman versus Batman. Okay, wait. Everybody just wanted. Then Alien versus Predator. That does actually make sense. That does make sense. Yeah. Um, yes. And everybody did want that too. But yeah, they're at least within the canon, you can kind of you can smash them together. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's what yeah. Go into Terminator. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, that that one doesn't work. But maybe Star Trek. No, stop it. So, okay, let's talk. Uh, let's talk. Um, what category? Yeah. Um, so paranormal. Right? Oh yeah, like, total. Yeah. Um. So paranormal psychic ability. Mm-hmm. Well, what's a? Because it's she's basically a ghost, a psychic ghost. Well, okay, but well, well, okay, but wait, okay, hold on. What you're scared of is the curse. Oh, right. Okay. So, so that's paranormal because a a curse is paranormal, right? Okay. Okay. Right. And 
normal uh, urban, <laughs> or urban legend? If you can't tell, we actually don't ever discuss this ahead no. of time. <laughs> <laughs> we just wait. <laughs> That's why there's a lot of, uh. <laughs> well, I don't, we don't know. I don't think it would be fun if, if we, you know. Yes, we don't want to have it figured yeah. out. Yeah. So urban urban okay, legend, okay. paranormal urban legend. Um wait, wait, wait. What was Candyman? What could, did we call Candyman? Candyman was something. Oh, Candyman was psychological paranormal. Oh. Hmm. What about psychic paranormal? No. No, we can't do psychic. No. We can't just make up new categories. No. Um, okay, so uh, I, I like you're a af- you're right. You're afraid that the curse is going to come to fruition and you're going to die yeah. at her hands. Yeah. And you, and you know, the way she kills people is pure fear. Yeah. So maybe it's psychological. Oh, I, hmm. <laughs> oh, how about this? What about paranormal psychological? I don't, I, no, no, I don't think, so, because uh, for me, like psychological is is a more drawn out thing. Like right. that's that's a a impending doom kind of like in, in the case of Candyman, it's it's the this is all of my own doing, right? Like right. this this thing is coming for me, and I know it's coming for me. In this case. It's paranormal because it's a curse. And then what are you scared of? You are, you're scared. The curse is true. You're scared you're going to die. You're. Could it be psychological paranormal flipping it around, which was what Candyman was? Because it's the same sort of thing. In the case of Candyman, Hmm. he does all the things he does so that he could stay alive. Right. Because he has to be in everybody's memories and and everybody has to be scared of him. And that's basically what she's doing, except with the VHS tape. Except I don't, I disagree on the motivation, but I do agree that you're right. It's the same methodology. Yeah. I think she's doing it because she wants everyone to know her story. It's not for her to survive Live per on. se. Right. Yeah. It's just, she okay. wants everybody to know about this horrible thing that was done to her and her mom. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 That's true. I mean, that's the exact same they're doing the same thing. They are forcing people to tell their story. And the ones who 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 are like, oh yeah, haha, you're not real, they're the ones for the chop. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean, and it's interesting because I think what we might start to find is that a lot of urban legends are gonna sort of fall. A type of urban legend yeah, yeah, is going to yeah. fall into that category. Yeah, no, I think the sort of self-fulfilling prophecy or self-sustaining, I guess, prophecy. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more it <clears throat> it does have those same sort of hallmark hallmarks of of Candyman. So yeah, yeah, I think so. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna type it I in. Think you should. Okay, so uh, let's see. Candyman was in 1992. Oh, interesting. By the way. And this one is all the way in 1998, market red, and I'm going to say psychological and 
Paranormal. Wow. There we go. Ring. We've classified it. That is not where I thought that was going to go. No. As is often the case with these shows. Yes. uh, Which you will know if you become a backer and you will find out. You will get to hear us do all those uhs every week (laughs) because we figure it out on the fly. But also uh, for just $1, you can vote on the movies that we are going to watch every week and you get a say in what you would like us to classify, what you would like us to hash out uh, and what you would like to argue with us about. Uh, You can go over to patreon.com slash long legged beasties. Even a buck gets you into our discord and lets you vote. Um, But if you can't back us, we totally get that. Uh, You can also just leave us a review on iTunes, share links with your friends on your social media accounts, make a big sign and stand on the side of the highway to let people know about it. That's all good. But if you are feeling particularly generous and want to back us at the $10 tier or above, you get a shout out for being a particularly helpful person. Uh, the people who do that for this uh, are uh, Josh Nichols, Perry Marston, Patrick Markey, Joseph Crescenti. Hmm. What? Who's that? What? Uh, my dear friend, James Fudge, Michael Thomas, and Elizabeth Richeson. Thank you so, so much for your support. It really means a great deal. Uh, we love getting the opportunity to do this every week and we couldn't do that without you folks. So. Wow. That's a lot, a lot more than, than last time. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thank you to our, our beastie community. We love you. Brian, where can everybody find you on the internets? Should they want to? Uh, they can find me at padandpixel.com. That's all spelled out. Or on Twitter at crescentib. Uh, that's C-R-E-C-E-N-T-E-B, as in frolic in brine, goblins be the Nice. There you go. You. <laughs> I looked it up this time. I'm proud of you. <laughs> very, very proud of you. Uh, Thank you. If you. Long-time listeners will know that Brian struggles with what, yes. what B stands for <laughs> every single week. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Susan Art or over on my other podcast, which is called Continue, where I talk about video games. And that will do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Take care. Take care.